nice. I see we are trying stuff. See if you like the beat, Charlie. I like it, bro. I like it very much. It's gonna get crazy right now. How is it? <laughs> Just kidding. Well, not bad, man. Not bad. Not bad at all. Or has it not gotten usually? Uh, yeah, and it just keeps going, <laughs> and it's the the same beat over and over beat, again. But it's a little louder. Yeah, I figured um we would change it up a little. Yenko, DJ Yenko, will be joining us shortly. Yes. Well, what's and up, Charlie? What's cracking, bro? Do it a lot, man. Olympics are over. Um, yeah. I mean, they start. They started. They ended. I don't. I don't know about you, but I couldn't keep up with a lot because that those times were. That was God. brutal, man. It was freaking yeah. brutal. I know you and me were up for those uh, Mexico yeah. games. I stayed up for a few basketball games as well, but I was that was freaking brutal, game. man. It was My brutal, God. but hey, they won bronze. Mexico won bronze. Uh, Brazil took uh, the gold, and Spain got the silver. Um, I feel they, they could have gone. I mean, we're not making it about soccer, right? But I feel they could have beaten Brazil. They just got gassed. Everybody yeah. might have their own theory. But nonetheless, soccer was upon us. There's a lot of soccer going on. Can it we mention it say, before, right? It does show you that the people that say that penalty shootouts are, are just random luck are, are wrong. <laughs> you could see at that point the difference in quality between Mexico and Brazil, you know, without making yeah. it about them. That was a... Uh, that was brutal. And, and I do have to say this in team sports and not like not nothing against Olympic style sports. I don't, I, I think gymnastics and, and swimming and all that good stuff. I think I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it, but when it comes to team sports, I got, I'm not a fan of the bronze medal game. I almost feel it's like the game for the losers that didn't get, it's like, Oh, it's like you know, your, the participation yeah. trophy, like eh, your reconciliation. And, Do you yeah. know though? I don't know if you, if you caught this um, and I guess we can wrap up this little uh, shenanigans, but that um, at least for Mexico, um, they will get paid for the rest of their lives for winning um, yes. a bronze. Isn't that crazy? 500 bucks, 500 bucks right? A I mean, it's, it's, it's something, right? I mean, it's, for it's life. cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's cool. Absolutely good. No, I and I know, cool. yeah. Yeah, no, I absolutely. Take, I could take 500 bucks check just every day, every month for the rest of my life. And look who decided to show up, Charlie. He's here. He's here. It, I He's bet here. you whatever you want. He he has a face that he was taking a nap. Uh-huh. That's, it, that's exactly what it looks. Toda la almohada ahí clavada en la jetota que tiene. And I think he was with the biggest mind green that probably is longer than Carson Wentz's career in Indianapolis. Oh, man. Then that's... Uh... <laughs> Well, that's actually pretty short then, no? Yanko, how are you, my friend? We were just talking about soccer. We just literally started. Um, we figured we would talk about soccer before Yanko would get here. That way, we just... What to do, gentlemen? No migraine will stop this avid fan from making sure that you guys are wrong. Nice. Right. There you go. That works, that's bro. That's spirit. That's excellent. Hey, so, and, and, real, and real quick, real quick, I don't want to, like, take over your, your part, Josh, but it's a huge news. No, no. Just, and we're yeah. talking about soccer real quick, and I, I wanted to just connect it to football. Lionel mm -hmm. Messi, gone from, from Barca. That I mean, that's that's outrageous. And without getting into soccer, I, I kind of just thought, who, who would be that guy in football? Was that early? So I'm going to correct you, bro. It's just, okay. it's, just, it's, just, it's just like something that's in me, bro. Lionel, bro. Lionel. 
Okay, not Lionel. I, oh, you you know. Oh my God, bro! Come on, come on. Leonel. You're right. Actually, is it is it? He's is Argentinian. It no, but is it L E or is it L I? I think it's L I. I don't know though. So it's we Leonel can look it up right now. Or I, I don't know. Well, I'll Leonel. Leonel. But proceed. Yes. Uh, big news. But go go on and make your so, correlation. So I just wanted. My wife is walking by and she says it's with an I. So we'll have to figure out if that's true or not. There you go. So yeah. no, no. it will behoove you. It just it it, it, it kind of <laughs> caught me by surprise. This is a player in his not that he's in his prime, but he's a little bit past not he's not way, way past his prime. It's not as crazy as Tom Brady joining the Bucks, if you ask me. Because Brady was is, is, is a lot older. And mm. it just kind of got me thinking, this is nuts. You know, if if this were to happen in the football world with a player right now, who would that be? Wow. Um Messi's what about 34? Yeah. 35, give or take. Yeah, give or take. Um yes. I mean in, in soccer, like you said, it's a little bit different, right? Um he's he's not in his prime, but he he's still really good, obviously, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's, he's really good. Uh he can he can go anywhere and contribute, but man, that's that's a good question, Charlie. I wasn't prepared for that. You just maybe, totally maybe, like, blindsided me. Me neither. Just because I saw the news that Barca supposedly might actually he might actually come. This is more like Michael Jordan now, retiring from the Bulls and then coming back to the Bulls and you know. But I right. just, just conversation. A lot of so back and forth. Yeah. A lot of back and forth, right? And and it's still a little weird. You and I were talking about this before we started on why Barcelona, one of the wealthiest clubs in the entire world, not only in soccer, in the world. Uh, having issues in uh, resigning. I know COVID happened and a lot of these uh, super teams or a lot of these major players, right. in, in the soccer realm had, you know, took a, took a big dive, right. In a, in a lot of, of their money generated, but still come on. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And, and it, it kind of sucks, right. Don't you think that they're kind of, not that they're showing them the door because it's a little bit different than I think the Ronaldo treatment. Um, but Messi has been there since day one, right. Ronaldo, Ronaldo wasn't there. Right. Um, but it, it kind of sucks, man. It, yeah, it, it, it kind of sucks, right? Absolutely. But to answer your question, man, damn. It's hard, right? It's hard. It it's is. Hard because, because the only guy you would think of is Tom Brady, but he did it. But Tom Brady, nobody nobody thought Tom Brady would be as good as he actually was with the Bucks when he switched. Right now, anybody who gets messy, you, you realize they're going to probably win the champions in their league. Or at least you expect that. Which PSG is hoping because <laughs> they front load all this money to try guess, to I win guess, trophies, right? One. But Aaron Rodgers, maybe you could. Yeah, you know what I was gonna say right now, Matthew Stafford. But Matthew Stafford hasn't won Jack. Except, yeah, I, except Matthew Stafford's never. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he right. has the talent, but yeah, he's been with the Lions forever. He endured a lot of hardships. Russell um, Wilson, he was maybe, maybe Russell would have gotten traded. Maybe the there you go. Russell Wilson, I, I can a see that. Although Russell prime. Wilson, Russell Wilson's still in his prime, I but would say Russell Wilson's still in his prime. You think so? I, I think I, he's, yeah. I would put him in that in that messy category where, not that he's not, not in his prime anymore, but he's. I think he's on the on the on the wrong side of prime. I think it's no. closer. I would say with with the name you just threw out right now, A Rod. I, I can yeah, definitely see because A Rod is good. Uh, I don't he know. went from he went from Amazon Prime to shopping on eBay. Yeah. yeah. So that cool. But at, at least it there gets you know, the just, people just, going. I um, figured we I, could we could 
talk about soccer a little bit while Yanko kind of wakes up, and now we can actually let you take over. <laughs> uh, Yanko is still puzzled by the by the question, but Yanko is suffering from a terrible migraine, so I'm sure he'll he'll come it's about. Derek Carr, uh, man, it's Derek Carr. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Uh, no, apologies I, first off right i mean to to the people i'm sorry Yanko, to interrupt but apologize for the people we didn't have a pod last week um everybody had stuff going on it was a little bit busy we we're gonna reschedule we couldn't reschedule uh so for the three listeners that we have out there um uh, much apologies uh but we're back or, at it and or shout out to or, my mom she listens there you go uh, yeah, and then so the other three are us yes we listen to her <laughs> exactly <laughs> No, I mean, there, I know there's some peeps that listen yeah. to it. So, and again, we just kind of do it for fun. So so there you go. So there's a lot of stuff that happened, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen. There's a lot of stuff that keeps happening. Uh, major thing that happened over the weekend, of course, was the Hall of Fame. Um, and let's remember, right, there was two Hall of Fame inductions because last year there was COVID and they were the, the people that got in weren't celebrated appropriately. So they basically had basically two, right? Uh, right. Two classes joined this year. Uh, so just overall, gentlemen, for you guys, uh, what was your Hall of Fame, um, what do you call it, uh, impressions? Uh, let's start with that. Overall, what do you guys think? I mean, I know you guys probably didn't tune in for both, right? But maybe we caught bits and pieces of it. Uh, but what do you guys think? I, I got to be really honest. I didn't see the actual presentation. The only, the only um, I guess, presentation I saw was when, what, what's his last name? Paul, the last the old commissioner. Uh, before Tablibu, yeah, Tablibu. Uh, he, I, I only got to see him. I mainly focused on Thursday night for the Hall of Fame football game and kind of where they mm-hmm. kind of talked about everybody. I didn't see the the actual speeches or, or talks, however you wanna you wanna say. Uh, it, it it's exciting. I think it's for me. It's more exciting just to hear them get presented than the actual speech. I think I kind of just catch on and read some stuff. But it's it's cool, man. It was really cool. It was really neat to see Tom Brady be out there watching. Tom Brady, you know, I mean, uh, Peyton Manning received those honors. It, it just, it shows a lot of mutual respect. And you kind of see how all these athletes, even though they're rivals, at the end of the day, you know, they have a lot of respect for each other. So I, I gained a little bit of respect, a little bit more respect for Tom Brady on my end. Nice. The stream was divided because of COVID, right? right? So they did it in two days, half one, half the other. I guess as a Raiders fan, it was nice to see Tom Flores eventually inducted. I think it was passed overdue. Obviously, uh, Charles Woodson is a, you know, that was that was easy to, to see coming. And I think it it's indicative of who Charles was and because he got indicted. Indicted. Ha! Not indicted. Inducted. Yeah. Inducted with the likes of pretty big players, man. I mean, I like to see uh, Peyton Manning going. He is a shoe-in. Troy Polamalu was there. Uh, Edron James. Did you guys see uh, their busts, their actual statue, their head statue? So Polamalu's with the long hair. Edron James with the dreads. Uh, I liked the detail. And overall, just how everything handled it. One thing that I did see that came up in my social media feed is that Peyton Manning looked like and sounded like, according to many, the next commissioner of the nfl wow i think that was uh it's not crazy for me to digest the idea that peyton would be or could be but he's just an overall good character i really like peyton however uh who knows roger's been there for quite a while the commissioner that 
Car- uh, Charlie and Josh alluded to a uh, couple, just a couple seconds ago, uh, has was there for quite a while. So let's see, let's see. But I wouldn't mind uh, Peyton uh, doing that. And then it also uh, led up to, uh, for me at least, the Hall of Fame tells me that we're really, really, really close to real football. So right. that was that was the probably the most exciting part to me is that we're really close to real football. I think it's less than thirty days away. Bro, I, we are less than a month away from opening kickoff. That is absolutely yep. nuts. So just to recap, guys, um, as of uh, the class of 2020, right, which I kind of mentioned to it, but there was there was two classes this year because of COVID last year. So the class of 2020, which was supposed to be inducted last year, it's a pretty long list, and there's a lot of people, a lot of behind-the-scenes people that, of course, got inducted. So I'm just going to go through it right quick. Uh, Steve Atwater, Isaac Bruce, Harold Carmichael, Jimbo Covert, Bill Cower, Bobby Dillon, Cliff Harris, Winston Hill, Steve Hutchinson, Edron James, Jimmy Johnson, Alex Karras, Troy Palomalu, Steve Sabol, Donnie Shell, Duke Slater, Max Beatty, Ed Sprinkle, Paul Tagliabue, and George Young. Uh, some of you guys already alluded to um, Paul Tagliabue. You mentioned it, Charlie. Obviously, Troy Palomalu. So that was last year's class. This year's class, um, being 2021, Alan Fanica, Tom Flores, Calvin Johnson, John Lynch, Peyton Manning, Bill Nunn, Drew Pearson, and Sir Charles Woodson. So definitely a lot of big names, right? Um, I, 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 I kind of caught bits and pieces of it. I, I didn't really watch it. Um, I had a lot of stuff going on this weekend, um, but I did catch some of the some of the jabs that Peyton Manning took. <laughs> uh, he made reference to Ray Lewis's speech that it was still going on and he just finished. Um, and then he also took a jab at uh, Tom Brady um, that, you know, he was going to get inducted till 2035 because he keeps playing. Um, so there, there, it was a lot of cool stuff. And then, um, of course, I did catch part of it. Uh, Tom Flores, um, which Inko alluded to right now, um, he had two time Super Bowl winner with the Raiders. And I believe it's 80 and 83, if I'm mistaken. And then, of course, Correct. Mr. Mr. Charles Woodson, who had a, an extensive career with the Raiders and also played for the Packers, uh, won the Super Bowl with the Packers. And then, I mean, uh, other names, I mean, obviously Peyton Manning, right? I mean, one of the greatest to ever do it. Uh, Calvin Johnson. What is your guys' impersonation on Calvin Johnson? Making it as a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, deserved. deserved. I mean, deserved a lot. A lot of people were, were were hating on that, right? Because no, those I other think, players that bro, Twitter Twitter people hate everything nowadays, man. It's it's frustrating to even read any comments. Yeah, he's, if, he's, if a, guys, he's a heck of a receiver. If you guys could name one guy out of these whole crew, you know, if you if you said right now, you know what that guy got in, but he's overrated. He 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 got in, but he he shouldn't though. Because I got one in mind that honestly, it bugs me. Uh, open a can of worms. Go for it, Charlie. Let's let's begin with that. Do it, Bill. Bill Cower. Bill Cower. Bill got, a, Bill got a, a Super Bowl. Do you guys know what his his? I mean, his overall record as a coach was one forty nine ninety and one. He had one hundred forty nine wins and ninety losses. I was looking at Tom Flores' record, which is is actually really bad um, in comparison. It was ninety seven and eighty seven. Key difference. Tom Flores got three Super Bowls. Bill Cowher has one to show for. He lost the AFC Championship five times. 
So I, I, not, I, I just feel that when people think about Bill Cowher, they think about this dynasty that he created with the Steelers. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know unless he, people are giving him credit for that Mike Tomlin Super Bowl as well. And that's where maybe people kind of get confused. Maybe he, he gave it. But I think Mike Tomlin's actually a better coach than Bill Cowher. I think he's done more with less a few times. And then he's also had his, his fair share of bad seasons. But I, I personally am not a fan of how quick Bill Cowher got there, especially when you think about guys like Tom Flores that took that long to get into the Hall of Fame. You guys kind of catch where I'm coming from? Just saying, or, or even, or even, or even, or even Jimmy Johnson for that matter. <laughs> you think about Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson got in there, if y'all remember, because of the commemorative uh, shenanigans that the NFL did for that 50th uh, season. He got in because the NFL decided to add a bunch of new people, like a like a huge extra list of like 50 people. But Jimmy Johnson deserved to get in there faster, and Bill Cowher actually got voted in by the actual committee. So I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of Bill Cowher. I think shoot away. Well, I think there's obviously uh, some favoritism in the hall of fame induction and the process. Uh, have, has there been more deserving people in the hall of fame that haven't made, or let me rephrase it. Haven't woken up yet. <laughs> have there been more people that are, haven't been inducted that are more deserving than some that are in? I think there's a case to state for some. I think there's a case to state for some that actually had a bigger glamorous career instead of statistically, which in my opinion, statistically, that's what matters. I'll bring up an example that it comes to head. Do you guys remember Fred Taylor? Yes. yes. Fred Taylor running back with, Jack, with Jacksonville Jaguars. He, at least, was great fantasy. He went against the likes of some of the linebackers and defenses that are already part of the Hall of Fame, to include Ray Lewis, to include some of the guys that have retired and some of the guys that kind of lived on the coattail of their defense's Super Bowl-willing abilities. Now, it's not to discount what they've done or haven't done, but... Someone, as in another example, is Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson, he had a fallout with Jerry Jones. That's not something that's secret. That's not something that is uh, un not understood by the community, at least in the NFL. However, look how long it took. Now, when you compare Bill Cowher to Jimmy Johnson and you look at his overall career, I think Jimmy Johnson's in leaps and bounds ahead of Bill Cowher. Now, Bill Cowher comes from a from an organization that's very storied, right? We've talked about on the podcast how kind of like what the Green Bay Packers have done in regards to quarterbacks and how they haven't had many. Coaching in Pittsburgh hasn't had many. They've resulted in some success. They're not mediocre, at least. And they're successful to the eyes not only of their beholders, what I mean is the owners, but the fans as well. The Hall of Fame is great. I think some of these guys are well-deserving. An ironic one is Troy Polamalu. I think he did a lot with a little, right? Both mm -hmm. physically and the length of his career in comparison to many. But the Hall of Fame, although it has standards and stipulations and what they think they should be, I think even from a Raiders fan who has a podcast, 
who talks every other Monday and has a migraine right now, can still say, "Hey, that's wrong. Hey, that's you're not you're not holding this to the accountability and the standards across the board." To me, the Hall of Fame is great. I think it's it puts a bow on a lot of illustrious careers. I just don't think it's fair. I just don't think it's the Hall of Fame brings in a lot. Um, I see your point, Charlie. Um, I'm not going to refute it because I, it makes sense. I do think that this version of the Hall of Fame is leaps and bounds to compare to other sports a lot better than basketball. I feel that basketball, everybody gets in. Um, yeah. And they don't really like, not glorify, but they don't really immortalize, right? The greatness of some of these players because the Hall of Fame is kind of, should be the best of the best, right? Um, and, and you, whether a coach, whether a player, and then the other categories that they're doing now, um, you left some kind of stamp in the game of football. Um, and a lot of players have to wait a while. Other players, there's always that debate, right? Uh, why do I have to wait now to be a first ballot hall of famer? If I'm not mistaken, you have to wait four years, four or five years. One of the two, uh, Charlie says five. So you have to retire and then you have to wait five years at that point for you to, to get considered as a first ballot hall of famer. And then after that, it's just a waiting game, right? It's happened to a lot of players. Uh, it happened to Terrell Owens, um, you know, and that's why he was probably so disgusted. And there's a lot of egos in the room or whatnot. And you're always going to get a head scratchers. I do feel that, you know, sometimes you're like, what? you know, but then again, I mean, at least to me, and then this is just, this is just me. Um, I can think of other, not the top of my head and maybe we can refute it later, but to kind of allude to your point, Charlie, Edger and James was good. Was he great? I don't remember him as great. I mean, you know, again, I think there's a lot of politics and favoritism involved perhaps. And, and, and there's a lot of things that go into that. And then obviously the, the, the own hall of famers kind of vote, you know, people in, and a lot of times you're going to get that. Oh, well, you know, we're, we're friends or, you know, I know him for a long time or, you know what? I got you stuff like that. Right. So unfortunately it's never going to be a, a balanced, you know, set, but yeah, I, I do see I do see where, where you guys are coming with that with that. Um, the same thing with Calvin Johnson, right? I mean, Calvin Johnson didn't win anything. Now it's not to say that you have to win something to get right. into the Hall of Fame, right? But a lot of players sometimes or a lot of critics or the media sometimes kind of refute that. Um What's for more instance important? what? Super Bowl ring or Hall of Fame ring? And that's Super Bowl, another man. good question, man. I think it's Super Bowl just based on Hall of Fame mediocrity in regards to holding the standards. You can hold a Super Bowl ring and still be one of the greatest and not necessarily be recognized to be in the Hall of Fame. Do people say, oh, Dan Marino's so great, he's on the Hall of Fame? Nah. He'd be better if they said Dan Marino, Super Bowl winner. Couldn't you, couldn't you hypothetically put it the other way also? You I have, think it's Hall of Fame, have, Charlie. Yeah, I was going to say the same because... You think about all these players that have gotten a free ride to the Super Bowl also have a Super Bowl ring on their finger and people don't even know who they are. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open a can of worm here, a can of worms. Do you guys consider Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? He beat the GOAT twice. <laughs> and, 
but he's not a Hall of Famer. His career he's not a Hall not, of Famer in my his eyes. Career, his career was not Hall of Fame worthy. See? Joe Flacco. He's a Super Bowl winner. Is he a Hall of Famer? No. Nope. nope. I don't think he's a first ballot. I think you Joe think Flacco? Joe Flacco? Yeah. No. No oh way. My no way. No, bro. That migraine is getting to your brains, bro. No way Joe Flacco's a Super Bowl. I mean, you need I, oxygen in your Hall head right no. now. Why is he not? He had four good games in his career. That playoff run. That was it. Joe Flacco, bro. How old is Joe Flacco anyway? That's that, like, I guarantee you, and we've thought of him as an afterthought, and he's probably not that, that old in comparison. Look, Joe Flacco. No, he's, let me look it up. He's not, he's not that old. He's still Joe playing. Flacco, I mean, he's Joe in, Flacco, he's with a. Okay. Quick question. How long do you think, how, how long have we seen Joe Flacco as an afterthought now? Five years? Six years? Since maybe? he got out of Baltimore. Yeah. So, and even then, the last few years in Baltimore were terrible. He's 36 right. years old. He's there. I mean, for a quarterback, that's not that old. And we've already seen him as an afterthought for like five, six years. Joe okay. Flacco. So, so, so check this out again, statistics don't prove anything, right? Mm-hmm. His best touchdown to interception ratio or, okay. Th- let me rephrase that. His highest touchdown in one season. You guys want to take a guess? How many touchdowns I, did he score? And how many touchdowns did he threw or throw? I am going to go on a limb and say, 25. What about you, Inko? I know you're looking it up. I'm just trying to build my case. For, <laughs> for... That's, your, that's the whole issue right there, Inko. No, so I'm 27 try- touchdowns, Charlie. 27, 27 touchdowns. Now, there could be that person that's going to say, well, the league has changed so much. No, blah, blah, but blah, not, blah, in the, blah. not in this. Not in Bro, this no. 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 Hey, first of all, we can genuinely say, I mean, that Super Bowl run that he had when, when he beat the Niners in 2012 was, in fact, mainly because of his good play in the playoffs. But he was carrying. He got lightning on the, he, he got yeah. lightning on the bottle. Like, in that playoff run, it, it wasn't Joe Fluco. It was no. Joe Flacco. Yes. Right? I mean, he, he put – I'm not, I'm not going to say it. He put the team on his back. No. But he made a lot of good key throws, a lot of good throws. You know, he was a quarterback basically for that playoff run. But however, if we eliminate that playoff yeah. run, and, what, and, and what then, do you think? Yeah. And then, however, if you think about it, I mean, we just agreed Eli Manning's not a Hall of Famer. And I put Eli Manning above Joe Flacco. I think I don't think Eli I don't think Eli Manning's a Hall of Famer either. No, and, and, and I think he's better than Joe Flacco. You put Eli Manning in that situation in, in Baltimore, and I think Baltimore might have more than one ring. The, the, the Ravens won in spite of Joe Flacco, except that Super Bowl run at the end. The, that, and Eli Manning, I think, is the same thing because Eli Manning's going to get in. Like, yes. He, yes he's he, gonna get but in. guys have gotten he, in for less. No, not the Joe Flacco. Dude. Yeah, Joe Flacco. Dude. Sucks, bro. Oh, no, Joe Dude. Flacco. I mean, it, it's you're, you you're know how almost... many guys have, have thrown for over 40,000 yards in their career? Not many. You know who hasn't? Joe Montana, Johnny Unitas, Kurt. Warner, okay, but Troy those Hayden, are like, Steve those Young. Are, that's not a comparison though. That those are different eras. Joe Flacco's from this era, the passing era. Like Joe yeah. Flacco. Yeah. Kurt Warner didn't they played kind of a didn't Kurt Warner no. bleed into Joe Flacco's He just sprinkled it at the end, at the very, very end. Didn't he go what year did they go to the Super Bowl against the Steelers? Two thousand nine? 
I think it because it was the Joe year you're putting Kurt Warner with Joe Flack on the same sentence. No, 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 no. I'm saying he at the quarterbacks that I mentioned, he said none of them played in the same era. No, no, I, I said like, they're from uh, different Kurt eras. Warner. Kurt yeah, Warner started in the 90s. Oh, he did, but they still played kind of. Oh, yeah, but they overlapped. I, I, I mean, if we go by that comparison, there's a lot of quarterbacks that overlap, but they didn't really play in the same era. I mean, think about think about the concussions Brett Favre went through in his career, and think about how you can barely even sniff on a quarterback nowadays, yet Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre sniffed each other pretty much, and they're not from the same era. Literally sniffed each other. They played in the same locker room. <laughs> cool. Of all the crazy stuff that you said, bro. Dude, it just goes back to... I don't have to think if they are or not, but it goes back to what I was telling you about the Hall of Fame. How they're going to induct people and continue to induct people based on standards, on bias and favoritism. But You're Joe Flacco, that Joe, who, who in the right mind would actually have an argument towards Joe Flacco? In 10 other years, than when Yanko. he becomes relevant, I'm going to tell you guys, look. He he's not relevant right now. How can he be relevant he hasn't in 10 years? Yet. Has let, he let me, yet? He's, he's, he's no. already irrelevant and he has to stop playing, and he's been irrelevant for like five years. You can't play the can't play the man. They're trying to make some money. Let me put it this way: If Joe Flacco makes the Hall of Fame, it's not going to be for his playing career. It'll be for his <laughs> if he becomes a coaching a coach, or he becomes a broadcaster, and he's like fabulous uh, at his job. Right there with Eli. Look, it, look, I'm I'm going to go on a limb and say this is crazy. I would put Tony Romo above Joe Flacco any day of the week. Okay, Easy. so so that's a great that's segue. why I did that. A great segue. You know okay. What? Everyone can get in. Josh McCown. Great, Charlie. Great. Okay. So now let's talk about next year, right? And I send you guys a list. For 2022, these are the following players that are eligible to be a first ballot Hall of Famers Tony Romo, Steve Smith, Andre Johnson, Anquan Bolden, Robert Mathis, Demarcus Ware, Vince Wilford, Chad Greenway, and Mario Williams. Thoughts. I I think this hall, like this class in particular is any of these players you would have loved to have them on your team, but I'm not necessarily convinced Hall of Fame other than maybe Andre Johnson. And I think Andre Johnson falls under the category of he was screwed by the franchise he was on. And he's one of those players that remained loyal to that to that team forever. And even then with Andre Johnson. Other than that crazy Courtney Finnegan fight, I, I I don't remember the day that you said, man, do you remember that crazy catch by Andre Johnson? Do you remember? I, he had a lot of crazy games. And this is where I might bite my tongue because I, I feel his career is very similar to Frank Gore. You know, like just consistency, consistency, consistency. But I'm not necessarily sure you say immediately first ballot Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer in the future, yes. First ballot, mm, not 100%. And the rest, good players. Great players, even. Hall of Fame, definitely not first ballot. Mm, not even sure, really, Hall of Famers. Because I just think there's better players. I want you to picture Andre Johnson in your head and Frank Gore. They similarly look alike. Think about it. One tall, no smaller. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. They look alike. Great point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some of these guys, what hit me about this list that you sent, Josh, was the fact that we're starting to be, and I'll, I'll speak for myself, we're starting to live in an era of players that are going to become Hall of Famers 
that we saw play that oh. that we saw their whole career yeah i'm kind of dating myself you could probably count the rings of my age just like a tree if you were to chop it down the question <laughs> is how many of the guys that we saw play and this goes back to what you're originally asking josh that we saw play are actual guys that we can move away the bias of favoritism and apply the Hall of Famers. Look, I'm going to have my crazy takes like Joe Flacco, like Eli Manning, but I agree with Tony. I love Steve Smith. Andre Johnson, I think he was the Texans. He was the epitome of who the Texans were while he was there. Because when he left and Dre came in, it was kind of like the passing of the torch. Mm-hmm. And when I think about the passing of the torch, it's because greatness is following greatness. Favre to Rogers. So on, y- so Yanko, Yanko, real quick, just because I want to make sure I understand. Are we saying first ballot Hall of Famers, or are we just saying Hall of Famers? That's what I just want to understand. Make sure. Joe, oh, I'm kind of talking in like Hall of Famers overall. I know I use the word first ballot, but no, no, I'm asking because I'm, I'm no, because I thought we were talking first ballot. So if we, we do, if, yeah, because it's two different things. If you do a first ballot, or if you do an eventual Hall of Famer, and I think we can all agree that this list that was provided by Bleacher Report, they're all Hall of Famer. Uh, players that eventually yeah, will get in because right. they excel in their careers. I think what kind of sets the the bar a little bit different is when they're first ballot Hall of Famers, right? That's Meaning that next year they're eligible and they're in. Of these players, you kind of shared um, that, or what was your take, Charlie? Of all these players, who is the one that's worthy to you to be a first ballot Hall of Famer? If I and it's true, we've seen all these players yeah. in action. Yeah. If I had to choose, if I had to just like I said, I, I I don't feel any of them are first ballot, but I would go I would go Andre Johnson. I really would because I I would put his. I mean, look at Calvin. Calvin Johnson was first ballot. I think Andre did more with less. And I I so Andre had a thousand sixty two yards totaling in his career. Um, what fourteen a thousand sixty two? Oh, that can't be right. 1,062, according to Pro Football Focus. Average reference. Regular season. No, I'm sorry. Not average. Like in his career. 1,062. 14,185 yards and 70 touchdowns. What was the 1,000 number? Yeah. What was it? There's receptions. Oh. Oh, not yards. What did I say? No, no, I'm sorry. Receptions. That's what me and Yanko were like, what? How did he get 1,062 <laughs> receptions, 14,185 yards, and 70 touchdowns. That's Andre Johnson. What are you, What about you, Yanko? Who is worthy in your take? Um, first battle think, Hall of Famer out of that list. I think Demarcus Wehrman. Because he did a lot for the Cowboys. And then he went and proved himself to be worthy of a still a, a valid, solid uh player when he went to Denver won a Super Bowl I look at the extent of his career I look at what he did and his relevance not because of who he was as a person but statistically number after number after number and I think he was one of the ones that you teeter-totter on is he a first ballot is he not is he a hall of famer and then he wins a Super Bowl not by himself but he was able to he take a young, yeah he was able to take a young Von Miller and really propel him to uh help that team win Against them, eh, you know, a mediocre 
Carolina Panther team, but it's, Yanko, still, this it's is, still there. This is where I get like super frustrated with you, bro, because you have a crazy take and then it's almost like the, the oxygen starts flowing in your head. And then you come up with like a very logical and good explanation because I agree with you of, of this list. I would say D where also. Uh, just to kind of go career stats on him. So he, he played nine years with Dallas. He played three years in Denver, won the Super Bowl with the Broncos. Uh, he totaled 138 and a half sacks for his career, which is pretty, pretty good. Um, but yeah, the, a lot of these players obviously to- are, um, they are worthy of the Hall of Fame. But of course, it's that, that difference. When was the last time we're, we were talking about a number one overall pick who was considered to be a first ballot Hall of Famer that is not a quarterback? Because Mario Williams is on this list. And I'm actually surprised that he's on this list. I, you know what? I, yeah, I, me too. I, I'm not because he, he had a stellar career. I just think that this his team sucked that bad that we did forget about him for a little while. He, he was... This is the year that the Texans took him over Matt Leinart, right? Or what was the or Reggie yes. Bush? It was actually Bush. Re, it, Reggie Bush. Vince. Reggie I'm, Bush. I'm looking at I'm looking at the the draft class of that year. You had Mario Williams, Reggie Bush, Vince Young. Drew, so the fourth overall pick, D. Brickshaw Ferguson, AJ Hall, Vernon, yeah, Vernon Davis, Michael Huff, Dante Whitner. Matt Leinart was number ten. A quarterback who ended up being better than any of these guys, but even then, people criticize him was uh, Jay Cutler. That was a year of Jay Cutler. So, good old Jay. Not the not the great, but even when you think about him, what I kind of what was the last number one overall pick, not counting quarterback, that was even in the Hall of Fame? Maybe not consideration. Who is it? Do you guys know? I really, I'm not. I don't know the answer to this. I don't know the answer. Work to find. I'm sure there's at least one comparable. So with him, he's a four-time Pro Bowler and a one-time All-Pro. And he totaled uh, 97 and a half career sacks for his career. Played six years with the Texans, four years with Buffalo, and one year with Miami. Um, I, again, everybody's take is different, but I don't consider him, he had a great career, but I don't consider him a transcendent player. Uh, not necessarily worthy of the Hall of Fame, but a first ballot Hall of Famer, I think no, that's no. what sets you apart, you know? Yeah, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like, for instance, Tony Romo. Tony Romo's going to get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, A first ballot Hall of Famer? No. no. I mean, it, it might take some suffering for Tony Romo year after year to kind of have his fingers crossed. And then when everything kind of aligns, he'll get in because he was a great quarterback. He never won anything, but you can't take that away from him, right? Because then yeah, we bounce. reverse the logic. Is, is it, is it funny, it? though, being quarterback of, of America's team, being the where, where everything's on, and then being the most hated quarterback, yet 99% of the time it wasn't his fault? No. He was one and of he the has most, all the passing was, records now yes, with Dallas. And, and he has all – he was one of the most clutch quarterbacks in NFL history, and it's proven. Yet we only remember the, botched, the bottled snap against Seattle. The Seahawks. The, yeah. we, we remember an interception against Denver in that crazy 51-48 game, yeah. or I forgot the final score. We remember his mistakes. But for some reason, Tony Romo does not. I think if there's any player that's the most underrated player in history, it would have to be Tony Romo. That's the because cost of it, wearing the star, man. 
Yeah, because if Tony Romo was a quarterback for any other team, he might have become a first ballot Hall of Famer. As crazy as that sounds, I think he might have. Obviously, maybe a, a few more playoff wins would have helped his resume a little bit more. But I do have to say that Tony Romo, most underrated. All right, first 1997, year. first pick, first ballot, uh, first overall pick of a draft earning the election into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Orlando Pace. Mm-hmm. Bruce Smith. Go. Okay. Errol Campbell. Okay. OJ o- Simpson. Uh. And then a bunch <laughs> of other guys that we probably don't even know who they are, but there's only a total of 14 players. However, some of these include quarterbacks Terry Bradshaw, John Elway, Troy Aikman. There's only 14 guys that have picked, been picked first and made the Hall of Fame. So, Charlie, we know you have to kind of step away. Um, you have other duties. Any other thoughts that you have, Charlie, um, before you break away from the pod? I'm going to say this. I was looking at the – because I know you guys will get to it. I was looking at the year-by-year comparisons between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes isn't going to earn more than Josh Allen until his eighth year. Think about that. Until the eighth year of the contract. Or was it six years? No, it was the eighth year of the contract. Throughout the entire extension, he will end up with more money. And when we go by that logic, he will still have two more years on his contract left. And honestly, Josh Allen had a smaller contract, meaning Josh Allen's going to renegotiate that deal a lot sooner. I continue to say that, I mean, half a billion dollars, Who I'm not saying that's a bad deal, but Patrick Mahomes really shot himself in the foot by signing a 10-year deal. And again, this is all relative when you're earning half a billion dollars. But kudos to Josh Allen and kudos to Darius Leonard for now being the highest paid inside linebacker. And I'll go with that. I didn't want to cut the, the, what you guys were going to go into, but I just want to give my two cents on that. So, gentlemen, thank you so much for having me today. And next week, guys, we're going to have actual preseason football to talk about and more Facts. than likely so, some injuries even. So, Facts. All right, guys. You guys take care. We'll see you. We'll go to Charlie. Take care. Right, Charlie. We'll catch up. So, Yanko, um, we're talking Hall of Fame. We're talking about first ballots. Any other thoughts or any other things that you want to bring about in regards to this 2022 first-year eligible players? One of the other guys I, I remember seeing play and really liked was Anquan Bolden. He's a, a wide receiver that brought a lot of strength and a lot of strong character to a locker room. I actually remember seeing the game because of fantasy football, when he took a nasty hit in the end zone, I think it was with the Jets, and they broke his jaw. Yeah. Uh, that that's was pretty bad. That's, that's pretty bad. Uh, Vince Wilfork is another guy uh, that I liked and, and enjoyed uh, seeing him play. Uh, Chad Greenway, correct me if I'm wrong, was he a linebacker for the Vikings? Correct. Yeah. He played for so, the Vikings, yeah, Chad Greenway. That stirred... Uh, a memory of another linebacker for the Vikings that I think, and I got to look it up, but was his name also not Josh Allen, Jared Allen? So he was actually a defensive end. He played with the Chiefs. Defensive end. And he played with the Chiefs. And remember he used to do the, like when he would sack somebody like like the the Lasso round him up, cowboy type deal. And then he, so he was with the Chiefs, started with the Chiefs, had a great career with Chiefs, and then he was traded to Minnesota. And then, of course, continued playing great in Minnesota. Uh, Yeah. Jared Allen. Jared Allen. And uh, let's see. 
Let me look at th again. I'm surprised with Mario Williams, but maybe because I didn't really track his career. He got drafted by the Texans, and I think he ended up with the Bills later yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. He um he played was, uh he played six years with the Texans, four years with Buffalo, and one year with Miami. Someone did he really put up the, that much of a, a career? So he had um ninety seven and a half sacks, career sacks. He had fifty three with the Texans on that six year stint, and then he had uh fifty forty three with Buffalo in that four year stint, and then with Miami, he was in the tail end of his career. He had a a, a sack and a half. So so statistically, he had a better career in Buffalo than he did in Houston. Well, in a way, because it was a lot less time, um, they mimicked a lot of a lot of the same numbers. But I mean, at that point, the Texans franchise was kind of trash, you know, because they came into the expansion and then they really sucked. And then it was the car, the David Carr era. And then they got Andre Johnson and then it wasn't really they became relevant. Remember when they got Matt Schaub, it wasn't until they got Matt Schaub, the quarterback situation, and they kind of fixed the offensive line when when they were a little bit more competitive but yeah that's a head scratcher for me um i mean but he had, he had a good career he didn't eclipse 100 sacks in his career but uh you, but no i mean yeah i mean all good points the one i remember too is robert mathis remember robert mathis played on the opposite side of dwight freeney and he yeah. had a really good career too he had, he was a very underrated defensive end uh and of points. course steve smith right steve smith was he was very trashy. He Chippy. Steve Smith is like five seven, five eight man, but he was a pit bull man in the in the gridiron. Uh, I think he Steve he, Smith he was, was in like a guy you wanted on your team. Yeah, he was. He didn't excel physically, uh, but I mean, Steve Smith was a dog man. That that guy, and even even as a commentator, uh, I don't know if you hear it sometimes in NFL Network, but he freaking trashes Michael Irvin, man. He has no mercy. Like he's he's that guy. And I mean, just to make reference in Steve Smith's career, he's a five-time all um five-time Pro Bowler, two-time All Pro. Uh, he won the Comeback Player of the Year in 2005. Uh, he had a career a uh, thousand thirty-one receptions, uh, fourteen thousand seven hundred and thirty-one uh, yards, and he had eighty-one touchdowns. So I just don't think there. When I think of Steve Smith, I don't think that there was another relevant receiver that stood out for Carolina. When you thought receiver, when you thought offense, Steve Smith was always Carolina. There yeah. wasn't that I could remember. There was never another maybe uh what was his last name? Muhammad? Yeah, that was gonna say Musi Muhammad was was on the opposite end and then he had a pretty good career with the Bears also. But uh Steve Smith was the guy. He was the go-to guy. And like I tell you, I mean, it's crazy. He's 5'9". According to Pro Football Reference, he's 5'9", 195 yards, and played receiver. Receiver. 195 pounds? 195 pounds. And he he excelled at that position. So there's something it, I think he's about worthy of Hall of Fame. Yeah, there's something yeah. to say about the mentality that he carried that probably ex extended his career by a number of seasons based on his physical stature, right? Some of these guys, Correct. if you look at some of the guys at his similar height without being exactly the same height, I think of Wes Welker, who didn't have as long as a career, and that's a that's a small hot take, not having the numbers in front of me. I think of maybe someone like currently Cole Beasley. You know, we're, we're looking at the same height, but all of these guys, Julian Edelman, they lined up in the slot. Steve was always on the outside. 
Steve right. was always he was a deep guy. The only thing the guy that I can think of maybe in size and lined up on the outside, but two completely different dynamics in regards to how they played the game is Deshaun Jackson. Because Deshaun mm-hmm. Jackson, not a huge guy, but he was fast. Like really fast. And I think he's still in the league. I think he's with the Rams and is still right. being relevant to a degree. However, there aren't a lot of careers with that size of stature of a guy that had the career that Steve Smith had. Yeah, yeah, no, all all valid points agreed. So definitely it's going to be something to look at, you know, as as it progresses. But I mean, the Hall of Fame, right? We had to discuss it. It, it went on. So uh, Charlie, you know, because he had to step away, he mentioned a little bit, but I think uh, you and I can dive into to this, Yinko. Uh, two players got paid and got paid handsomely uh, for their services. Let's start off with Josh Allen, uh, quarterback uh, for the Buffalo Bills. Um, so he get, he basically gets a, a mega deal, and we can dive into right now like the paradox or the that exists between him and, and Patrick Mahomes, right? Uh, but basically, Josh Allen gets a six-year deal, uh, potentially worth up to $258 million, and a hundred of that, a hundred of that is actually guaranteed. Um, so he's basically going to be a bill till he turns 32 and he's still going to be able, if he's continuing, you know, to perform at a high level, he's going to get paid again. And he's currently 25 right now. So what are your thoughts? Uh, when that news came in, Josh Allen, uh, getting paid, uh, and now correct me if I'm wrong, but it's basically Patrick Mahomes from a salary standpoint, right? Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes. And then very narrowly in second is Josh Allen. And then we have Dak Prescott. So thoughts, Yanko? I think it's well-deserved. Uh, you and I have agreed on this podcast that Josh Allen is a good quarterback. Uh, their quarterbacks are hard to find. And I like the idea that I didn't I, – I'm glad Charlie brought up the point. I hadn't seen it that way, that he didn't sign a, a very extensive contract, right? His it's very standard, no? It's very standard, standard contract, it's, it's, like in length. The, in length. In, exactly, in length. And I think the kicker here is the amount of – guaranteed money regardless he already he got that money in the bank or eventually will collect all of it his progression in the nfl and the career he's had continues to improve and that was one of the reasons why you and i agreed that he is a trending upward quarterback and i don't remember what the conversation was as to why we brought up josh allen as a good quarterback however the fact that he's in talks and in terms they, he took the, a team with uh, not with Stephon Diggs, obviously, right? And some key components, but they made it to the AFC Championship. The What I'm going to be interested in to see is when you get paid that much, it comes with a standard that is now elevated. Mm-hmm. Maybe before getting paid, not that you could conform to mediocrity or you had an excuse to go, oh, well, I'm Josh Allen. I'm from my Wyoming. I messed up. Ha ha. No. However, once you get the briefcase full of money, now mm-hmm. you're it's the level of expectancy is higher. And I think he'll carry it well. I think he'll carry it well. I think he's going to struggle a little bit, not because of the player he is, but because he's playing the likes of Patrick Mahomes, the likes of a guy who hasn't been paid yet in Lamar Jackson. And I know we have we the question was revolved around uh, Josh Allen, but I think this is very smart. And hopefully he did it this way by Lamar Jackson. He hasn't gotten paid yet. 
Nope. Noah so has now Baker Mayfield. So exactly. Baker Mayfield so has seen this too. Looking. Bling. Exactly. Now they're both looking. And for Josh Allen, it has to be beneficial for the Bills because they were able to nail it down. And yeah, maybe they spent some money, but they might end up spending less, spending less than what the Browns might have to pay Baker, what the Ravens might have to pay uh, Lamar Jackson, and kind of setting that up. I like that Charlie brought up the point of the extensive uh, time frame that Patrick got in 10 years, half a billion. We learned a couple of shows ago that a lot of it is incentive-related and how much of it he can actually earn based on a couple of contractual fulfillments. But Josh Allen, I think, is deserved of the money he's getting. I think he is the franchise quarterback. And I think it's hard to find a franchise quarterback within the amount of time that they found him, right? So he's been in the league, I think, four years now. And within, to know that you've got your guy within four years, it doesn't happen all the time. How many quarterbacks are drafted that have lasted four years or similar to, or if not longer, and you still have to question it? Unfortunately to me, that uh, kind of falls uh, in the realms of Derek, right? Is he's, We keep questioning it, and I'll include myself in it. Is he your franchise guy? He got paid a couple years ago, which was the standard back then. But it just seems to be that there's guys that are going to be in limbo as to, is he your franchise guy? Or is it because there really isn't much out there that you have to pay the guy that you have? And so I think Josh is a benefactor of both. Good play, great guy, good career so far with progress, and there isn't much out there. But you really haven't had to think about that because Josh is that talented. Yeah, man. Agreed. Uh, I personally think that quarterback obviously is a very tough position to solidify in your team. And let, let's face it, uh, Cleveland was a laughing stock. Uh, the Raiders have been a laughing stock. The Bills were up there too because they could never get the quarterback position right. They always would draft pretty high or in top 10 every year. And somehow they never were able to draft the appropriate person. Um, you know, there's a couple of names out there. Uh, if, if you remember, um, this guy, uh, what was his name from Florida state? Emmanuel. I'll look up right now. Uh, EJ Manuel, EJ Manuel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. EJ Manuel, JP Lossman. Uh, there's a long list of Buffalo quarterbacks that were drafted high and never alluded to anything. And the bills took a chance at first when they moved up, remember to go to number seven, they drafted this guy of Wyoming. You're like, what the heck? And at first critics kind of got the better of them. They did give up a lot of draft capital to, to move at number seven, uh, but they got their guy and, and we've seen the progress right now. It's, it's, it's seeming, or it seems like that 2018 draft class is, is gold, man. And I'm just going to mention a few names. I'm not going to go down the whole list, but look at it. Uh, Baker Mayfield was drafted number one overall. Then came Saquon Barkley at uh, the Giants. Sam Darnold to the Jets. Uh, Denzel Ward, Bradley Chubb with the Broncos. Quentin Nelson with the Colts. Josh Allen, Roquan Smith. Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen is an afterthought right now, and he was drafted at Where 10. Where is he? With the Cardinals. Well, he's not with the Cardinals, but he was no, drafted but... with the Cardinals. Yeah. Erwin James, Jair Alexander, Leighton Vanderish. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. Calvin Ridley. Uh, Terrell Edmonds, 
uh, Sony Michelle and wrapping up the first round was Lamar Jackson because uh, the Baltimore, you know, when went back to to the first round to get their guy. So it just kind of goes to show you, man, I, I think the, the Bills did a right choice. Unfortunately, a lot of the times, right, it's it's based on of what the what the asking price is at quarterback. And you had to do it right. And and it's not to trash on the Cowboys, but they didn't think twice and enfranchise the guy. They knew that this was their guy and they got the deal done. And just remember, the longer you take to get a deal done, it's only going to cost you more money. More money. Ask Mr. Jerry Jones, right? He dragged this out for too long, and now he's paying back way more. But why? Because that's what the market dictates. Now, you said it right now. uh, If you're Cleveland, if you're Baltimore, you better make sure that that, those individuals are your guys. In the case of Cleveland, Baker Mayfield. And in the case of of, uh, the Ravens, Lamar Jackson. Because those you know, they're on, they're on the fifth year option and they want to get something clear. And uh, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott and Patrick Mahomes, right. Already paved the way to how these quarterbacks are going to get compensated. And I think, I mean, obviously we know Patrick Mahomes is an extremely talented kind of guy. He already won a super bowl. He made it to two super bowls already. Uh, so, you know, you, you can say, all right, yeah, of course he's going to get compensated, but some of these other guys, right. That still haven't really won anything for you but have kept your team relevant. Uh, There's still, right, there's still a little wishy-washy with Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield. And it looks like the Bills were sold. Uh, they surrounded the dude with a lot of talent. Uh, fine example, Stefan Diggs. They reinforced that offensive line. And we're starting to see, right, the trend going upwards for Josh Allen and his completion rate, which I think that was, that was the, the thing in question. Um, but that's one player. And what are your thoughts on the other player that got compensated? I don't know if you wanted to mention one last thing regarding Josh so, Allen. Yinko. No, and with Josh Allen, a lot, at least for me personally, it's character, right? And I bring up character because when he got paid, he came out and said that obviously he's not getting paid because of what he's done, but what he's expected to do in a nutshell. Right. What that tells me is that the guy is aware of the idea that he still needs to perform and he's taking it maturely. I'm not going to question what the guy does with his money. I'm not going to question what he's going to do or how he's going to celebrate getting such big of a contract. But my point and why I bring this up is I can't say the same about Lamar Jackson. I can't say the same about Baker Mayfield. The thing is, is that to me and call me old school, a quarterback carries a franchise. That's one of the bigger praises of why I like Derek Carr on how he presents, how he responds, and how he represents the team on and off the field. I worry a little bit about Baker. He's matured. He's better. I worry a little bit about Lamar because I still see the kid in him. And a lot of it is relevant because of what they put in social media, right? What they put out to the world that's visible. And some of it is good content because they're helping their community or they're doing things for the kids and they're You know, embracing the idea that they have a pedestal to recognize themselves, not only because they're trying to feed their ego. I don't think it's that. I think it's because they have an opportunity to help where they come from or help others in need. If it's through a -A Make-A-Wish Foundation, if it's through the community uh, with Play 60 or their own, uh, what's it called, like little franchise, little, uh, man, the word skips me, but what they're trying to do for their community service that the word will eventually come in. Anyway, fact of the matter to me is that I don't see 
the Browns or the Ravens, they might have to pay because they're these guys could potentially sit out because these guys will go, no, look at what Josh got paid. Look at what Patrick got paid. I mean, you said it earlier. There's three guys in the NFL that are part of the $40 million club. Dak, Josh, Patrick. In no particular order did I name them, but it's just the three. The $40 million. And of course, this is like annual, right? Annual salary. Exactly. That's what you're referring to. Annual, yes. I'm not sure that Baker is that. I'm not sure that Lamar is that. And then even outside of those guys, people coming in or guys coming in, they're going to go, they got that money. At least to me right now, no one stands out. So it's 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 a difficult road for franchises coming up, especially with the guys that they have. Or in the future, four or five years down the line, let's say uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, four or five years down the line, what is he going to cost? Justin and Herbert. Justin Herbert. That's a, that's a great example. Uh, or what about some of the guys that need to get re-signed? I don't know what Russell Wilson's contract is right now, but I'm sure he's going, ha, that's what I'm playing for. That's probably my, my last big bang contract. Guys like Derek Carr, guys like, uh, what is Tua going to ask for? Yeah, it's it's a lot of prove-it deals, you know, and it certainly sends the, the precedent. But I think... More than anything, man, it's kind of what you said. You have to, you you better, you better be sure that that's your guy, right? Because something like this, I mean, I think it's gone to the NFL that there's not such a big contract that you can't get out of. Uh, the Rams proved it. The Eagles proved it. Um, but it, it it might set your your franchise back a little, right? Um, and I think that's why it's so important the mentality right now in the NFL. At least the franchises are kind of getting ahead of this is that's why it's so important that the player hits in the rookie deal and you surround them with as much talent and you try to go get, you know, a Super Bowl or become instant relevant. A la LA Rams. Right. And, you know, because you you know that that big contract is coming up and you know that you're going to have to pay your franchise guy and your franchise quarterback is probably worth the most money and that number keeps climbing. So that's why it's super important, right? And I think you don't have the luxury anymore of sitting the guy back. Yeah, there's different situations for everything, right? But you don't have that luxury anymore, man, of actually figuring out what you have in the guy and let's let's nurture you and and yeah and and sit. I mean, it was a perfect scenario for for Casey, but we know Casey was loaded because they were relevant with Alex Smith, and every other you know quarterback had to like instantly be in success in, in order to justify right why we took it. Look at Buffalo, right? They forfeited all these draft picks and players to move up to go get Josh Allen and it's working out pretty good. So kudos, kudos for Josh Allen. As Charlie's listening to this, I'm pretty sure he thought of a guy that just popped into my head. Ah, you didn't mention Kyler. Kyler's eventually going to get bait. And Kyler Murray's going to, I mean, the Cardinals are going to have to figure out what, I mean, what are we going to do? That's why it's so important to win now, right? Win now mode. So a lot of contracts coming up, a lot of quarterbacks coming up and it's definitely, but again, we're kidding ourselves. An example of, someone, of a franchise that got rid of a guy that they didn't have to pay was Sam Darnold. Right. Sam Darnold, been, right? And he's with the second team. There. Yeah. You know, he's with the second team and he's trying to get a shot. And 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 his his clock is kind of like ticking, right? Because Cart, he's with the Panthers now. And the Panthers are, they, I think they gave him like, they picked up his, not, not his fifth year option, but they gave him like a one-year prove-a-deal, right? Or two-year deal. Basically, yeah. 
um, you know, to see what they have and, and go from there. But I mean, look at Josh Rosen. <laughs> first Josh overall, Rosen's not done, first bro. overall, first, first he was rounder. He the 10th, right? And, and the Cardinals quickly moved away from him and they went to go get Kyler Murray, right? Look at Jared Goff. He, he got drafted. They paid all his money. And then the Rams shipped them out to Detroit. Carson Wentz. Uh, so Ooh, history keeps subjects. repeating itself, man. Yeah. You know what? Or, and then or, you're, you're going to have middle of the pack guys uh, that to me at least come to mind. And uh, Daniel Dime, Daniel Jones in uh, New York. Not a super great guy so far, but relevant. Right. A guy that but he's coming up. But he's coming up. Uh, moving on to what uh, not a non-quarterback position that I think you were going to bring up is mm-hmm. Darius Leonard also got paid. And we talked about him last episode in some of the guys that hadn't been mentioned about getting paid, but obviously got paid. So he's 26 years old. The total value of his contract is $98.5 million, with a total guarantee of $52.5 million, averaging $19.7 million a year, thus making him the highest paid linebacker in the league above Charlie's ever so uh, dear to his heart linebacker, Fred Warner. Fred Warner, when he got paid, we were like, whoa, that's that's a lot of money. And maybe this is a, a good play by Darius Leonard's agent or whoever handled his money the negotiating going, no, wait, wait, wait. I think someone else is going to get paid. Hold on. Let's use that as a measuring stick. And lo and behold, Fred got paid. Darius, deservingly so in Indy. I think he's a great linebacker, young, and now the highest paid. I don't I don't see him a lot. I just know that he's a staple of that Colts defense, which is a good defense, which is a, a defense that can carry them into the playoffs. And we'll eventually get into the offensive side of the ball for the Colts. But I think it's I think it's a good pay. I think it's a good pay. I think it's a good guy to pay, and I think it's a guy that you keep. Yeah, man, it's uh we talked about it, right? It's a good problem to have um, when you've drafted well and you keep your talent. Um, and I think honestly, man, the they didn't wait long because <laughs> he's been playing in the NFL for three years. What I got, what I do got to check is uh, when he was drafted, because let's not forget that it's the fifth year option only applies to first round picks um, or first, um, you know, uh, players that are drafted in the first round. If you're not drafted in the first round, you don't have that luxury of the fifth year option. Uh, so my thoughts is he did. He wasn't a first round player. I'll double check right now. Uh, and that's why he had to get paid already because his contract was already coming up. And the longer they would wait, uh, you know, the the more expensive it gets. But he's definitely a staple of that defense, right, of the Colts. It's not a defense that sets the world on fire. I think Indy has never had that, at least not in a while. Uh, but he's definitely a, a player that 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 is definitely active. He's an inside linebacker, so I think it's a little bit different uh, than what Fred Warner plays. Uh, Fred Warner, I think, is a middle linebacker, right? So yeah. middle linebackers, it's 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 a little bit different. Uh, and it's not to take any credit away from Darius Leonard. He's still a heck of a player. Uh, but he needed to get paid. And, and you know, he was excelling as a very young, talented linebacker. And, and he did get compensated for. And, yeah. So Dar- Darius got picked in 2018 with the 36 overall pick. So uh, right outside the first. 
Exactly. So, so that's why it was already coming up. So he was basically in his last year of his deal, right? Because he was drafted in 2018. Again, that 2018 draft wow. class we just talked about. Insane. Um, so this was gonna this was his last year, and he was either gonna get franchised or he was gonna send an extension. Check um, out these and- these stats on him in 42 games played since entering the league. Leonard has recorded 268 solo tackles, 15 sacks, and seven interceptions. No linebacker since 2000 has recorded those numbers in their first 42 games. So obviously the Colts said, whoa, we did good. And not only do you not have to worry about the fifth-year option, but you you are getting a guy that was passed on by 32 teams. Right. So it's uh, it was expected the Colts would make Leonard one of the highest, in this case, the highest linebackers in the league. And they follow through with that, right? The Colts knew what they have. And I think there's some other guys that they're going to have to uh, pencil in on that defensive line and defensive secondary uh, to keep what they have. Now, is it is it something that's going to do the same thing, have a ripple effect that the quarterback side of the ball and their contract is what, what it's going to do? I think so. I think there's other linebackers that are going to start to flourish this year. Uh, what's the name of the guy in Chicago? Roquan Smith. Did he already get paid? I don't think he's nope. gotten paid. But he's so, next because he's also exactly. from the 2018 draft class. The only difference, of course, he was drafted in the first round in 2018. So there's that fifth-year option. So Roquan's uh, looking at this. Line. The Sweet. chain. Yep. Sweet. So it, it, it's good. I think it's good. Yeah, and man. With the, it, with the salary cap being getting higher and teams being able to reward uh, good players like this, I think it, it, does, it brings a good morale. It brings... Right. A definite play that you, from guys that you think deserve it, and Darius is necess- is one of those guys. I think there's been guys that have been drafted that should get paid and haven't, or vice versa, that they think they should have gotten paid but haven't. Right? And right. examples like those will always be plentiful of plentiful, plentiful, <laughs> plentiful. <laughs> Yeah, but man. I mean, there's always that debate, there. and and then we talked about it, and maybe we can dive in next week um, when uh, Charlie gets back because it was a little heated debate about uh, linebacker best best linebacker. Uh, a lot of the times, the compensation of the linebacker means that you're the you're one of the best at your position, but a lot of times it's not. And it's just, I guess, just to kind of allude to this point and to wrap up this section. But um, we mentioned it, but now Darius Leonard, like you said, um, Yanko, he becomes the highest paid linebacker in football, 19.7. Of course, this is uh, average salary per year. So he, now he's the highest paid. And then after that is Fred Warner at 19. Then we got Bobby Wagner at 18. Uh, CJ Mosley <laughs> at 18 with the Jets. Um, Zach yeah. Cunningham, 14 and a half. Uh, Miles Jack, 14.3. Uh, Falcons, Deion Jones at 14.3. Uh, Panthers, Shaq Thompson, 13.54 million. Uh, at nine, Jalen Smith, 12.75. And then wrapping up top 10 is uh, Jerome Baker with the Dolphins at 12 and a half. And Levante David at 12 and a half. So uh, definitely, you know, he, he is a top, a top linebacker. I think we already alluded to that. So it's going to be differently. It, it's going to be very interesting, right? Definitely to see what unfolds with these other great players. An example, Roquan Smith. So any any other thoughts that you have on Darius Leonard, Yinko? I think it's just the the time of year, not necessarily on Darius Leonard, but the time of year that we're in, 
you're going to start seeing the really, really good guys getting inked in to their teams. Right. And they're trying to solidify it before it becomes an issue during the year or it becomes an issue when they're fifth year or not necessarily in Darius' case, but before the next season starts. There are, franchises are already looking ahead. They're already right. looking at, all right, this and this. And you're going to have some of the guys that we've talked about and some we failed to mention get signed through the year, get their extensions, get their contracts, or some guys to be sat out, which I wouldn't be surprised if there are some talks of quarterback contention, not contention, contact, contractual uh, agreements as, as we go on. But it's well-deserved. I like guys seeing get paid. I wish I could get at least, you know, half a percent I'll, <laughs> for mentioning their wouldn't, name. On wouldn't that be nice, right? Right? Wouldn't that some, be nice? That's yeah, some generational guys, money for them. Yeah, these guys are already pretty much set for life, man, in regards to, you know, money. Um, obviously, we there's other takes, uh, but in regards to the money, they're, they're pretty much set. So, yeah, so that was that. Uh, Yanko, you know, you're, you're feeling, you know, a little bit blue. Um, I don't know if you had a Yanko Yeet prepared. If not, we can proceed um, with our final section um, in regards to fantasy football. Um, you know, there's a lot of fantasy football left. I guess just quick take, Yanko, uh, a player that you don't feel great about, uh, a player that you would try to avoid at all costs in, in fantasy football before we wrap up. What's that? You, you hear that? I have I have awoken. Oh my god. I have awoken. I feel better. I am here. I had to introduce myself. Josh is probably like, what the heck? I did not expect that. Or Charlie, but I've awoken. I'm back. I'm here. This week's Yanko's Eden. I don't mean to cut you off, Adrian. And I appreciate uh that the fact that you cared enough to say maybe this needs a break, but no breaks with Yanko with the Yanko Eat. Usually this is the introduction to the podcast, but I wasn't really here for this. Now I'm here. Now I'm in. What's up, guys? Uh, sorry for being out and sorry for being a little disconnected during the beginning of the show. Migraines are real, guys. But anywho, enough of that uh, subject. I don't mean to pussyfoot around it. But the fact is that this week's Yanko Yeet isn't necessarily something that I want to get out of here. And there is no soundboard. Uh, this week, I, I didn't come prepared. I didn't come ready. I know some of the... I, <laughs> Josh is like, yes, but it, it will come back. I think it, what the only thing I want to really want to talk about this week is something that I, I think needs to be addressed in conclusion because it just ended is the Olympics. The Olympics just ended this past weekend. The Olympics come every so often. Thank you for bringing the Olympics. You know, during the pandemic, it, it definitely had some good feel-good stories. And if you were able to watch, even though Tokyo is 14 hours ahead of us, at, at least from most of the U.S., a little more, a little less, depending on where you live, it got me to thinking, imagine if football was an Olympic sport, and who would you draft for Team USA? And maybe this is a subject we open up, but here are some guys that I would think would make it. And then part of Yanko's eat will be any rebuttal, anything that maybe Josh wants to jump in and be like, you're crazy. But Tom Brady, he'd probably be in there. Aaron Donald, for sure. Devontae Adams, Derek Henry, J.J. Watt. But you know why no one plays 
American football in the Olympics because no one would be able to hang with the monsters that these guys are. The United States of America has a sport that they professionalize in and make money, make competitive nature, and glorify the sport to a level that nowhere else is glorified for, and that is NFL football. We make a podcast about it. We talk about it. There are so many ancillary veins of the sport that run into so many different avenues, podcasting, merchandising, commercial, industrial, all kinds of stuff. But the Tokyo Olympics came to an end, and so is this subject. I didn't come with an extended Yanko Yeet, but think about that, guys. Football in the Olympics. Let's do it. Wow. I thought you were going to say Joe Flacco, and I was about to kick you out. Of Let this, me tell you something. Uh, Joe Flacco and Mike Williams would wreak some havoc <laughs> if they if they had a B team for the Olympics because I think they would still put up uh, some better numbers than the CFL than the European League. I know Mexico you, has some kind of league. You are probably right, Yinkle. You are probably right. I, I You caught me off guard. I thought you were already concluding, but I, I think it had just woken up the monster of the Yinkle Yeet, so I'm glad you're, you're pumped and at least for this uh, final for section. medication. Uh, yeah, man, migraines are no joke. I, I get migraines um, every so often, and they knock me out of my ass. I just um, I just gotta shut it down every once in a while, you know. Like I just I don't know why why I get them, and I don't mean to have a WebMD stress, moment. bro. Stress. Yeah, it's, that's the that's the primary factor. The big there. indicator, and you know, it's uh, I I did wake up a little late for the podcast, so I jumped in a little. Anyway, a little, just just a tad. <laughs> just I'll a listen tad. to the beginning, just like everyone else. Just, just a tad. Just That's why I reintroduced myself. But yeah, uh, Tokyo, thanks. Uh, World Cup coming up that and many other Olympics. Beijing, watch out. Sean White might make an appearance. Do you guys even know who that is? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, Yinko, you had me at hello. But anyways, um, <laughs> so um, we, we've we kind of toned down on the fantasy football, right? Um, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. there's still a lot of, a lot of news, uh, a lot of fantasy football left to talk about. Um, uh, seasons fast approaching, but um, I guess just your take, Yinko. Um, we already ranked uh, these, uh, you know, drafts, these rounds, uh, sleepers. Uh, this is a time of year where you're going to get overly saturated by every news outlet out there that you follow about fantasy football if you're a, a player or a fan. Uh, but I guess this is a CYJ a take. And again, everybody's wishy-washy, right, um, on, in revealing your secrets or what you want to do. But just basically you, Yanko, you as a whole, right, without not getting strategy, but just being bold. Uh, specific players that you're avoiding in this year's draft, in no particular order, in no particular round, just what is Yanko avoiding for his fantasy football so team this year? I'm looking at a couple of things, and I've already made an example of one guy that Charlie disagreed with, and maybe you did. I'm not really sure, but I think it's actually starting to come to fruition to a degree. I'm not 100% mm -hmm. right, but to a degree, and the guys that I avoid uh, in general is A, guys coming back from injury, B, guys in contractual disputes. See, guys that depend a lot on their quarterback, that their quarterback is no longer there. And I'll give an example in a bit. And then guys that seem to be on the, that were on the up and up and are starting to round the curve a little bit or come over the hill that potentially, 
I would still draft, but maybe not as high as others. So I'll give an example. Saquon, right? I, I've been pretty vocal about Saquon in other podcasts that we've had or other episodes, better said. And it's just injury. I'm not saying he's not going to be good. It's just that they're already talking about a week three comeback. A, a comeback that uh, as they progress him in and get him into uh, the mode of playing every down. Because this guy is an every down back. This guy is your workhorse. And obviously, from a franchise side, that's smart. A fantasy franchise, to spend a first-round pick, to spend a high... What if, let's say, I'll, I'll use the FFL as an example. If you're drafting second or third... FFF. If, yes, FFF, thanks. And you draft in the first round Saquon, think about all the guys you're passing up on before it comes back to you. A guy that maybe, I don't know, is he going to play week three? And when he comes back, is he going to be the same guy? Or are they going to give him kind of a drip system, a little bit of a slowly but surely entrance? So that's that's one of the things. Contractual guys, guys that are kind of being shady with the franchise. I look at some guys like Michael Thomas. This week it came out that he avoided talking to the franchise, this, the New Orleans franchise, for a while. Tells me... A little bit of diva, a little bit of immaturity, but it also goes into the other point I made about the exodus of his quarterback. Drew is no longer there. Obviously, a receiver feeds off of the productivity of their quarterback. Is he going to get the same? You know, you got Jameis there and then Taysom, and and I get it. Obviously, big players become uh, big because they produce no matter what, like D-Hop like Andre Johnson did, like Megatron did. I mean, he had Matthew Stafford, but you, you kind of get the idea where I'm coming from. The fact that Michael Thomas could be drafted high, I look at the outside things that are happening, not only what he's done statistically, numbers by numbers, but uh, what's going on. And one last thing I want to bring up, as we start getting closer to the fantasy season, is I am a big, big hunter Every week on the waiver wire. I I religiously look at the waiver wire. Know when the cutoff date is. Know when I can get in. And depending on what my record is, who I can scoop up. And there's some sleepers. And that, I won't get into those. I got my own idea of who they are. But the waiver wire, I think, can be sometimes underrated. And you can find some key guys on the waiver wire that can help your eventual productivity. And some of these guys are high risk, high reward. For me, I did that last year with Leonard Fournette. He got cut. And he's one of those guys, is, is he going to do it? Because you had Ronald Jones there, right? And I think you had Ronald Jones on your team. I did. On your and team. He, he had a... he had an okay season. That was a weird situation, right? But um, yeah. It's a high risk, high reward. And I, right. I saw him on the waiver wire and it ended up helping me towards the end of the season. Could it have been the complete other way? Yeah, totally. But I I heavily scout the waiver wire. So that's a, kind of my two cents as we come start to go into uh, fantasy football. Not necessarily rankings, but thoughts into Yanko's mind. What about you? What say you, Josh? Uh, there's a couple of, of sticky situations. Um I personally would uh, 
And you brought up a good point about Saquon. Um, it just depends your take, right? It just depends how you see it. Uh, and you already mentioned Saquon, so I'm not going to mention him, um, although I would still draft him. But I don't think he's undraftable. I just yeah, don't think he's first-roundable. First-roundable, yeah. You like that? I, I like that. <laughs> that. That was actually really good. Um, it's funny how situations, situations change, right? Um, if I would have told you about a month ago when we were going through this list, there was a big if with two Packers uh, that we were considering, uh, Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. Big ifs, why? It all depends on A-Rod. If A-Rod plays, great. If Jordan Love plays, no. Well, at least they're draftable, but not to a first round. Uh, so that obviously changed. Um, and and I think if, if we apply, if or at least if I apply that same principle in theory um you guys know how i feel about carson wentz carson wentz is trash um <laughs> you've been waiting to say that the whole night man and now he's injured again uh and what does that do well i think to a certain degree it affects jonathan taylor's uh stock and another issue that, that i have with taylor is the fact that they're gonna have to integrate or they're gonna want to figure out what they're going to do with Marlon Mack. Not only that, because he's coming back with injury and Heinz, because Heinz was a catching machine. And that's a tricky situation. And for all I know, I'm a moron. And Jonathan Taylor has an amazing, an amazing year, regardless of the quarterback situation. Uh, But that is one player that I will at least offensively, uh, I would avoid because a quarterback, not, not that quarterback is everything, but you know, eh, you're these, going into all some these, murky waters, man. Yeah, Because all of these guys feed off the guy handing the ball off the guy throwing the ball and his productivity. Look, any, I'm not going to say any guy, but any trained quarterback that is in the league can hand the ball off. You know, if it's, if it's just turning right or turning left, a toss, a sweep. But if your guy can't pass the ball, that means they're going to run it and run it and run it. If your guy is prolific at passing the ball, they're going to pass, 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 pass. It, it really just depends, right? It really just depends on, on who you are. Interesting note, and I didn't mean to cut you off. I just want to bring up the fact on how you and I flirted with the running back the running backs, the running back corral with the Colts. So mm-hmm. last year, Nestor. when we were talking about a trade, it was I had both Hines and Taylor. Mm-hmm. And when we were, you and I were discussing the trade, it was which one do you want? Which one do you take? And none of us really fought for one or the other. It just so happened to be that I, I just thought I went with a gut instinct and said, I'll, I'll take Taylor. This was really early in the season. Yeah, I'll take Taylor. About week two. Yeah, it was. It was. It's unfortunately when I traded away Aaron, also right. But it's it it goes to show that someone who you think is could end up being an isn't, and someone who isn't could end up being an is, right? And yeah. it's it's uh, it goes to what you were mentioning, man. It, it really does. Uh man, yeah. So. <sighs> That that is one situation that I'm trying to avoid. Um, and and another situation, and I you you beat me to the punch. It all depends on where he lands, but man, that whole Saints thing, man. It you can't feel you you can't feel confident, 
even with the likes of Alvin Kamara, right? He's, he's a great talent. He's more than likely, he's going to go in the first round, no matter what. He might go top three, top four in every possible league that, that you draft. But he still feel a little weird. Um, and, and it might not be because, okay, we understand what Drew Brees was. Um, he obviously wasn't there these last three, four years, the peak of his performance, throwing down the field. He was doing, doing a lot of checkdowns. And it maybe was because age caught up to him. His arm strength wasn't there. Uh, but a lot of pe- players benefit from that. Alas, you know, Alvin Kamara. Not only that, but also Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is a possession guy, man. He, he's not catching the ball down the field. He, he's he doing slants. He's, he's doing goal routes. He's just stopping and running, you know. And the Saints, man, the, the Saints stock is, is for all we know, Sean Payton is a genius because he is offensively, right? He'll, he'll get that uh, team rolling. And it's still a little murky with what's going to happen at quarterback position, although all signs point to Jameis Winston being the starter, not Taysom. But you know that they're going to incorporate Taysom into the lineup you know they're they're probably going to provide more plays than what they did last year you know even with with drew Brees gone so you can't feel good about that man because we know that if Taysom kicks in what is that going to do to Kamara? it's going to take him touches it might take red zones red zone attempts away from him absolutely uh so and then of course michael thomas it's crazy crazy to think this but michael thomas last year was a top drafted not performance in last year's draft he was a top five player yeah, was I in took several leagues, the first round. You know, that he was going for sure on the first round, top five, top six at least. And this year he's dropped with it because obviously that injury that happened to him, uh, you mentioned it already, some of the some of the diva uh that, that is there. Uh is that situation it, it's a little weary. The other situation that I want to talk about, and maybe it's it's be, everybody kind of knows this, but I would be weary too, man, of, of drafting anybody in the Buccaneers uh uniform. Really? Um, it's it's really with a hot hand, um, and, and and it's not to take any credit away. I know last year uh, Chris Godwin was very steady. He was very touchdown dependent, but he was very steady. Mike Evans was steady too, but you cannot expect those crazy performances because it's almost like they're gonna run or or they're gonna go with a hot hand, right? Depending on how coverage is dictated, uh, one day they might roll with uh, Antonio Brown. Uh, another game they might roll with Mike Evans. Another one with Chris Godwin. OJ Howard is coming back. Uh, Gronk is still there. Uh, in other games, they might just run the ball. So, oh, man, that's another situation. It's almost like the less I have to worry about, right, uh, beating your head, who is it going to be this time, you know, this, that, and the other. I personally try to avoid situations like that. Uh, because you can become just, your biggest enemy. Exactly. And, and, and it's not to take anything, mentals. right? Right. It's, it's not to take anything credit away from these guys. I know there was a lot of successful fantasy owners last year that might have one or two players from the Buccaneers staff, but or from the Buccaneers team. But that's just one particular instance that, if push comes to shove, I would probably attempt or try to avoid. And not necessarily. And I like that you bring. I like it. I like, I like it, Adrian, Josh. I like it that you brought this up because productivity and success. On, on the real football field doesn't necessarily translate over to the fantasy football field. Correct. The Bucks are going to potentially distribute evenly, bringing them to, again, more success. It doesn't mean that on the fantasy gridiron, it's going to be good for you. And I, I want to expand on it because you've got players that, if, I, if you would have told me, hey, Mike Evans is available, Godwin's available, 
the their running backs, both of them are available, I would say, yeah, let's go for it, take it. However, you you don't know as individuals and what they be what they have become or what they were looks appetizing. But Mike Evans is going to be week one, nine catches, 140 yards, and two touchdowns. And then week two, three, and four could be mediocre. Right. Because they're feeding the other guy, or they're feeding that guy, or the game plan does this, or the game plan does that. There's going to be situations like those, surely. One of the other things that I that I want to add to what you said, and then kind of just continuing the subject is... I'm not weary of players uh, for who they are, but I, I'm cautious to see what they're going to be in new systems, right? We can both agree that Matthew Stafford is going to be, at least looks like he's going to be successful, but to what degree? Would I draft Matthew Stafford, not necessarily first rounder, but one of the bigger picks? I don't know, depending on what's available. Because I haven't seen it. The proof isn't in the pudding yet. We know that Sean McVay is good. We know that Matthew is good. But it doesn't mean it's going to work and mesh. You know, one of the things that the offseason does, it's kind of get the false hopes up. Because there's a lot of hype videos. And there's a lot of highlights. And there's a lot of content that show, look at this pass. He just threw an 80-yard bomb to Van Jefferson. Ooh. Oh, look at that guy. He looks he looks great in hard knocks, which premieres tomorrow for the Cowboys. Maybe I should get Must that see guy. TV. Ooh. Don't get caught up or lost in the sauce of social media productions. Because if that yeah. were the case, every team would win the Super Bowl. Every team's hype video means that they're really, really good. When in reality, they're not. Some of the sleepers, and kind of just uh, changing gears, some of the sleepers that I try to look for are guys that kind of under the radar switch teams and are going to a good system or fitting into a good system, right? So I'll give one, one guy. I'm not saying that, I'm not going to say that he's going to be awesome. I'm saying it's a guy I'm going to monitor, and that's Corey Davis. The Jets. He was re- with the Jets. He was relevant with the Titans. He went to the Jets. I'm not saying he's going to be your number one guy. But maybe he's your flex. Maybe he's someone that you keep on your bench to fill one of your starters by a week. Corey Davis was, I think, a better than uh, than average weekly for who he was or who he is. But he got traded, and we'll see what Zach Wilson brings to the table. And I know there's a lot of anomalies that feed into that, but a lot to say for tight ends as well, right? One of the top yeah, tight ends. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to dig in at tight end this year. Yeah, man. You look at Washington. Look at their guys. Look at the guys who went to New England. Look at the guys that I don't know. What wouldn't it be crazy to think that Tim Tebow becomes fantasy relevant as a tight end? You that don't know. Would be pretty crazy. You don't know, but these are these are flyers that you're gonna have to take, or these are risks that you're gonna have to take, especially in the FFF where you're. You're 16 teams in. Yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you two. Um, <clears throat> one is quarterback position. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sometimes it gets. Uh, you're so 
beholden in the moment, right? That that you're so obsessed with with drafting sometimes a quarterback high, but sometimes the production comes out of the out of the same from a quarterback that you've drafted way later. And one of those in my eyes is going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna score steady for you, and you're not going to have to sacrifice. Uh, you know, drafting a quarterback so high and you're going to get very comparable production. If I would tell you, oh, I have Ryan Fitzpatrick as my quarterback, everybody would look at you like, what, bro, you suck. <laughs> no, nah, man, you, you, you gotta, you gotta get out of that, uh, out of that uh, mentality and just go with value, value. And especially in the later rounds and, and another player that I was going to mention or go ahead, Inko, while I look him up, I know you're, no, I, I think you're, I think you're right with someone like Fitzmagic. Yeah. Someone that has show consistency. Another one that I think, uh, and this, I don't know if it'll play out, but another one that I think that he was very underrated in Denver, and I don't think he ever got his fair shot, uh, but I think he's going to do good things, is Philip Lindsay with Houston. Um, I know the quarterback situation is a little murky. It seems that the Texans are, are not going to trade Deshaun Watson. We don't know if a suspension is looming. He might not even play, but they have Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. And it seems that, you know, they're going to have a lot of play action and they're going to run the ball a lot. And they already have David Johnson, which was okay last year. Uh, obviously, he's not close to what he was in Arizona those years back. Uh, but I think they're going to give Philip Lindsay a fair shot. And and he's a very underrated running back. And if, if you, in a very deep league or for a plug and play or an injury that happens or a bye week, I think Philip Lindsay's going to, it's going to have a good season or it's going to be good enough for you to kind of put them in your roster. And something that you have to also keep in mind and look, keep on the, uh, on your radar is injuries, right? So cam makers in LA, who is going to be the guy who's going to step up. Right. And it's and always sure that was a Rolodex too, man. It was, it was, but it really, it really looked like cam was going to be their starter. Oh, but, this year for sure. But yeah, I'm saying all of last year, right? So if you took a flyer on Cam, I know I took one. I dropped him very close to the end, and that's when he, boom, bursted into the scene. Uh, but, I mean, it was between Daryl Henderson. And then sometimes they kind of would incorporate Acres. And then it was that other running back that I forgot. Is what it Malcolm name. Brown? Was he with him? Malcolm, Malcolm Brown. So it was always like, man, what do you do? Like, you know? Um, another situation before I forget, Yinko, um, that I'm a little – Mm, it depends again where it goes, but the running back position in Miami, uh, yep. it's I I personally had great success and I attributed part of the success that I got in a waiver wire. I picked up Miles Gaskin and he was a very underrated player um, that took off for me at running back. Miles um, Gaskin um, caught out of the backfield. He scored touchdowns, and then they kind of started plugging Salvin, Salvin Ahmed, I believe is his other name. So yeah. now it's a Rolodex at running back position yet again. What are the Dolphins going to do? I have no idea. So I, I was very close to considering uh, keeping Miles Gaskin in one of the keeper leagues this year, but that situation is super murky, man. So another situation to avoid because you don't know what Miami's going to do. And they even uh, got another running back too when it seemed that Gaskins had that locked up. So. Again, just to kind of get... And there's a uh, lot of fluidity in different places. For example, Seattle. Yeah, it looks like Carson, but they had at one point they had Richard Penny. They had Carson, and I forget the other guy's name. Another place, and Charlie might go, no, it's this guy. I, I honestly cannot tell you 
who is the go-to guy in San Francisco right now at the running yeah. back position, right? I think it's Raheem, but for me to say, I think, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Right. And sometimes you can get it, again, into your own mental bag and start thinking or overthinking or underthinking, doubting, undoubting, listening to different scenarios. And on the internet, on social media, with guys that you listen to that have sports talk, you can find what you're looking for or you're going to find yourself even more confused. Why do I say that? Because there's so many takes and there's so many opinions that at least my suggestion is, again, your gut feeling and you live and die by your own sword. Pretty there's much, nothing. I, I'd rather be the guy that was wrong because of me and not the guy that was wrong because I leaned on Colin Cowherd, because I leaned right. on Skip and Shannon, because I leaned on the CYJ podcast. I'd rather, I'd rather be right for me than wrong from someone else. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, it's a good. It's a, live and die it's by my own feeling. sword. Live and die it's by a, my own it's sword. It's a good and feeling, and a lot of these players might have great seasons, and and you might be wishy washy, but it comes a point where it's clear water ahead, and you understand where they're headed. And a lot of these players are in in that position, right? Another example, right? Uh, the Cardinal situation at running back. Um, yeah. Is it a Chase Edmonds? Are they going to incorporate James Conner? Uh, the Raiders situation, for that matter. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, the Josh Alabama Jacobs. force. Uh, now they got Boris Scarborough. And Kenyon Drake. So and some other uh, running back from Alabama. I, it's, I don't even. It's, yeah. What? But again, it, it's just to kind of get it going, right? So just so you guys know what's up. And we're definitely going to be talking a little bit more about fantasy, right? But it's exciting because it's only weeks away. The NFL season kicks off. We already had some preseason uh so exciting indeed last last point Cinco. anything else you want to mention before we we wrap up and we let you go take a much needed sleep i think there's one subject that i did want to talk about josh and obviously because and unless we need, we need to get going the i want to talk about carson man i i really do want to talk about carson and i think it's it's a good subject to bring up because both you and i are completely polar opposites on what carson was pre-injury let me state that again <laughs> pre-injury you called it you did i don't think did you call injury or did you call lack of relevancy uh, I, I didn't call him getting injured i did say that he had a long standing injury uh you know a guy's but my my take was that he didn't want it and it wasn't, it was just not going to work out. A lot of people were thinking, oh, it's going to be an instant success. Frank Wright maximized them. Uh, you know, he's going to Indy. Indy has a great offensive line, blah, 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 blah. But I, I didn't see that. Now, will it work out? I mean, so far, right? It's proven not to necessarily have been a mistake, but here we go again. The same history is repeating itself, and he has yet to set foot in Indianapolis as. The regular season has kicked in as the quarterback. Now he's going to start in the pub list, right? Is he going to get a surgery? Is he not going to get a surgery? I don't know, man. I, I never, I never, I never bought into that. That was my take. See, to me, it, I think it's going to be a couple of things post injury, right? So I'm going to throw realistic scenarios, or not realistic scenario as to where they stand, but how how everything works, right? So I'm going to get a, a little bit into my college bag. Currently, the Colts have Jacob Eason 
and Sam Ellinger. I'm more familiar with Sam Ellinger because Sam Ellinger is from the University of Texas. Go Longhorns, although I'm not happy that you're trying to lose to the SEC. Anywho, and Jacob Eason, who... Jacob Eason, he was pretty relevant, I'd say, in college football, only because he played for the University of Washington and up in a division for the Pac-12 that doesn't have a lot of defense historically. Now, this guy isn't just some any other guy. This guy is six foot six, 230 pounds, and although he's not someone that you may not have heard of, he was taken in 2020 with the uh Overall, 122nd in the fourth round. Now, from what training camp is showing us is that Jacob Eason is set to play a lot more in preseason because they're starting to like and see what they have in Jacob. However, biting and nipping at his ankles is Sam Ellinger. Sam Ellinger was known with UT to be kind of like a, obviously not the same career and, re and results, but uh, playing style. I I look at Sam Ellinger and I look at the reminders of who he assimilates to, and that's Tim Tebow in college. Not in the NFL, in college. Sam Ellinger threw the ball, I'm not going to say exceptionally, but he threw the ball well, and he could tuck it and run it. Sa Sam Ellinger is no joke when it comes to his size and his stature. When you see him, he's like a little bowling ball. He really tends to square up, put his shoulder pads down, and get through. Now, contrasting in size from Jacob Eason at 6'6", Sam Ellinger is 6'1". Big difference. However, his style of play does not necessarily fit what the Colts were originally trying to bring in with the guy. What? I just drew a blank on the guy's name. Carson. With Carson. Wow. Carson is, <laughs> Carson is bigger. Effects of the migraine. Carson is bigger, but he's definitely found, from what training camp says, a rhythm. So it's really going to come down to Frank Reich and going, which style of play do you want? Do you want the six foot six? I can fling it down the field. Or college careers side by side, Sam Ellinger, who can throw it, but can also tuck it and run. And it goes really going back to what you said about fantasy football. The different styles of play are going to dictate the productivity and uh, success of the guys around him. But I want enough about who they have in the corral now. Let's talk about potential trades of who they could bring in. So Pro Football Pro Focus brought up four scenarios, Josh. And I'm going to bounce these off of you. See what you think. And I don't want you to say yes or no. I want you to say... Out of all four, this is the best one regarding who they're trading for, what they're giving up, and overall fits as a knee-jerk reaction. All right? Potential well. trades. The Colts receive Jimmy Garoppolo. The Niners receive a 2022 fourth-round pick and a 2023 third-round pick. All right? Potential trade. The Colts receive... Gardner Minshew the second, and the Jags receive a 2022 fourth round pick and a 2023 sixth round pick. A little bit lower, right? Scenario number three, Nick Foles comes back to Daddy Reich. And Chicago receives only a sixth round pick 
in the 2022 class. Last but not least, the Colts receive Marcus Mariota and the Raiders receive a 2022 fifth round pick. To me, you've got four guys with completely different play. I mean, I don't think any of these guys are comparable. And actually only one of them is a starter right now. Which one do you Which think? Which would be Jimmy Garoppolo? Which the would starter? be Jimmy. Exactly. He's penciled in right now as a starter. Yes, quote unquote penciled in as a starter. You're absolutely right. Which one appeases you the most that would fit the Colts best? Well, here's my my take. Um, you're going to bring a guy that is a stopgap player. What do I mean by that? You basically, although you didn't get give up a lot, but you hitched your wagon to Carson Wentz. Um, whether it be at least for a year or two to figure out what you have in him, uh, Carson Wentz is your starter. Pencil in as your starter. If it wouldn't be for an injury, uh, he he would be your undisputed starter, unless he would suck, right? But that's not the which case you because think he would. Which I think he 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 is, but nonetheless. So out of those players, um, I really think that there's upside here, and I would consider Gardner Minshew. Um, I don't really think Gardner Minshew. Not that he had, not that he didn't have the opportunity, but for what you're gonna what you're gonna hire him for, he's perfect. Because he's not going to be your starter. He's not going to be your long starter. You just need a player right now because you perhaps feel that Eason or Ellinger are not ready. So Gardner Minshew has experience. He played with a bunch of trash in, in Jacksonville. Uh, now he's going with an offensive-minded head coach. And he's got weapons around. He has a great offensive line. He knows a division because he's played there. And it's the perfect scenario for him to at least have – the Colts in some kind of competent level. Um, another player, but I don't want to be a homer, will be Mariota. Um, I honestly think, man, Foles is done. I mean, can, can we so. like, can, can we just like. Because he retired, I, right? Or he was thinking about retirement and they brought him back. He retired and Andy Reid brought him back as a backup. And then that's when he went to Philly. But I think Foles caught lightning in a bottle, and that's it. You know, it was like a severe outcry. Like, uh, that never happens, and it did for him, and good for him. He got the Eagles a championship, and cool. But can you imagine what it would do to that locker room if you would go get Foles <laughs> Who again? did Foles replace in Philly? Carson. <laughs> Carson Wentz. So, no, that no way is that happening. Um, and Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I think the Niners, you know, it's Trey Lance's team. And again, you mentioned it, that sometimes media makes something out of nothing in regards to, oh, look at that great throw. He's very sharp out there. Of course, if the plays are scripted, you don't have any pads on. Yeah, you know, it's going to be great. It's all going to be unicorns and rainbows. So I, I think the plan for John Lynch and for uh, Shanahan is, is to keep Garoppolo, right, at least for this year. Unless Trey Lance wows him in this next month and they absolutely think that this guy's ready to go, there's no doubt in my mind, let's just trade Jimmy away, then yeah. So 
that least scenario with Minshew or Mariota. Um, Mariota can Mariota can be good. He under, he knows that division too because he was with Tennessee all those years. Um, so that would be a good fit too. So I would say between Minshew, Minshew one, Mariota two. Jimmy Garoppolo is a definite career under if he ends up in in Indianapolis. I think. Let's say hypothetically, right? This trade gets pulled. I don't think Carson recovers. I don't think Carson recovers career-wise in general. Because Jimmy comes in and he has the potential to really lock it down. Right? And for that part, you would have to be... I don't know what... I don't remember what the Colts gave up to get Carson. But now you're a second-round pick. Yeah, Yeah. And now you're giving up even more to bring in another guy to try to fill it. So I completely agree with you with the stopgap guy, right? Because someone like someone like Gardner, someone like Marcus definitely can stay on the team after the fact, right? Definitely can have a, a QB competition, at least to push Carson to continue to grow. I don't think Nick Foles is, is the answer. I think you're absolutely right. I think Nick Foles is only relevant just because the Bears owe him money. If they if they believed that he could start still, why would they trade for Andy and then still draft another quarterback, right? So I think Foles is just literally maybe, maybe a guy they bring in at least until reports from the doctors say Carson will be back in week four. Carson will be back in week five. And the Colts don't think that they can hang with the QBs that they have in the corral right now. To me, Marcus is probably one of the top tier second quarterback on each team, right? So backups, that's what I was learning to look for. I think he's top tier backup quarterback overall in the league. He, I, I think he's still relevant, but I th- he found a niche, right? Why didn't he leave Las Vegas when he had the chance? Why did he decide to take a pay cut to stay? Because I think he's realized what he is and what his ceiling is. Or maybe he's trying to prove a bigger career, but he's securing the number two, and I like him there, and he's good. Gardner, this guy needs out, man. This guy needs out. Trevor isn't going to... what He's playing behind Trevor. I, I forget what other quarterback is there other than Tim, which he should be a tight end. I think the best, and you're right, <laughs> yeah, I said it. Gardner Minshew is the best fit as a stopgap. He's not going to threaten. And not that he can have a Fitzmagic type of career, but he can definitely float around the league being this guy. Kind of like what? Uh, what's the name of the quarterback that is with the Patriots now? Shaved head. Hoyer. Uh, Hoyer. He can have a Hoyer role. That's what I think Gardner can do. He has a Hoyer role. Not holy yeah. role, Hoyer, role. and even uh, like uh, Fitzpatrick too. Fitzpatrick yeah. is a stopgap guy. He only got paid that one time, well, twice. But the relevant one came in Buffalo when they gave him all that boatload of money, and he never lived up to that contract. And ever since then, he's been floating from team to team, and he does great production. He catches lightning in a bottle, but in no way, shape, or form is Washington saying he's our guy. No, he's a oh, playoff right. killer. He's they they have it they have it figured out. They they know what they have. They need one more. They they just probably need him to be comparable with that defense, right? And I think Gardner can be that too. 
Um, it, because again, I didn't see a lot of Jaguars games, right? Obviously. Uh, but you who, said it, man. Who did? <laughs> uh, apparently like the only fans in America, maybe two or three, but when you, when you drafted Trevor, that's it. Uh, and oh, I think that's, yeah. and, and, and I think that's when Frank Reich and um, I think it's Chris Ballard, the general manager for the Colts. They have to be super careful how they handle this situation. Again, why? Because you have Carson Wentz in your locker room. You're, you know, I feel that he's like a diva, man. You need to cater to him. He's not your franchise guy, although they say that he is. Uh, I don't know him personally. I just don't, I don't warm up to, to that idea of him being your guy. But unfortunately, you've hit your wagon to him at least for the next a year or two years from now. Um, and you have to be extremely careful how you do this because you don't want to send him the wrong signal, right? Like, Oh, we're moving on. Oh, it was a total mistake of what we did with you. Uh, we shouldn't have traded for you in the first place. So they have to be extremely careful. They need a, a stopgap guy. And those two players provide that. Uh, they're not going to threaten him. They're going to push him enough. Uh, obviously Mariotti has more experience. Um, you know, he's, he's been a leader. He's been a captain. He's probably a great standout guy. And I get you, you get the same effect with Minshew. If again, if Eason or Ellinger are not ready or not those people that you think they are. I think one more factor to consider for the Colts front office from both management and coaching is you're starting to realize that you have a window with the team that you have. You have good talent around you. And if you squander another season, that gets you that much closer to that window closing. And so I, it's a something to consider and a job I do not want. And I think there's something to say also that when Carson comes back, he now has a short time frame to prove. Because you, you mentioned it earlier. Guys get cut all the time. Right, guys get cut now more than ever, man. Now more than ever, and this I think is a, a career ender potentially, at least for the starting position for Carson, if it doesn't work in Indy. The guy who made you good doesn't believe in you anymore. If that happens, that that could be. That could and be look better. at how many jobs it cost in Philly. You fired oh, yeah. or you let go of the your Super Bowl winning coach, the one that landed the only Super Bowl that you have in franchise history because you sided with Carson Wentz, basically. <laughs> yeah. That's basically it. Because right. who was fired first? It was Doug Peterson. It wasn't Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz got traded till the offseason. It just kind of goes to show you. Yeah. You know, they put faith on the wrong guy. And yeah, change is good, but not even Andy Reid could deliver a Super Bowl. He made it to the Super Bowl, but he didn't win it. So Sleeper. Random thought just, just into my head. No justification, sleeper. Halfway through the year, Carson comes back. They don't like. They trade and swap him for Cam in New England. Bring Cam in. Let him run. Patriots. See what he can do. Yeah. We know that the heir apparent is Mac Jones. Carson can sit behind Mac. Let's see what happens. But well, it could it could happen for Mister Paper totally Mache Carson Wentz. Paper Mache Carson. But other than that, man. That's I just wanted to bring up the Carson before uh, it became less relevant and before we started getting in, getting into real football, which the Hall of Fame game doesn't count. I did, I even forgot it was there. Was it the Steelers Cowboys? I think or I, I have no idea. Who cares? 
Preseason yeah. is coming. We've got three games left. Uh, I really dislike it because I can't see it live. So looking forward to Thursday night and looking forward to drafting in El Paso. I think I'm tying everything up to be mm-hmm. in person in El Paso. Very that's, nice. Cinco. That's looking like a, a reality. Like a possibility? Like a possibility. Well, I'm sure Charlie, if he would be here, he said he would say, I like it. I like it very much. Uh, like so, it. yeah, man, it was good stuff. It was um, definitely Charlie wasn't here, but I appreciate the effort, Yinko, that you weren't feeling up to it, but um, you oh. sucked it up and you're oh. here. So this oh. was the, the song that we introduced the CYJ, oh. and it's only fitting Got to it. wrap it up in this year's uh, in this night's edition. Just oh, a quick you- thing, Yinko. Just a quick thing, okay, before we wrap up, some peeps were asking, okay, some peeps were asking, this is episode 22, okay, episode 22, Yenko, episode 22, and we skipped out a couple of a couple of weeks too, so we should probably be closer to the higher 20s, that is correct, Yenko, that's correct, any last thoughts, Yenko? I thought I was about to start rapping to this because I, th- I thought you meant rap, not wrapping it up as a to end, like start rapping. But <laughs> I'm not that talented. No, man, I think I'm good. Joe Flacco, Mike Williams till I die. My God, bro. Even your mom right now, when she listens to this tomorrow, she's going to throw the phone like across from the freaking car and say, how could you say something so blasphemous, child of mine? <laughs> it Anyways. is what it is, man. Anyways, guys, uh, I'm not going to conclude like Charlie does. It was cool. Uh, We'll be back at it next week. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Migraine less. Peace. Deuces, guys.